Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil King. And me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through our accounts on Facebook and Instagram, as well as through the usual podcast outlets and manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Coming up on this week's podcast, I speak to Perry O'Dee, actor, singer and dancer who's now actually branching out into choreography for the DCU's production of Shrek next year. So we talked to him about his career starting out in the Isle of Man and now working professionally in the UK in both touring companies and in the West End. Also, talking of DCU, Mm -hmm. uh, they had their auditions the other weekend for Shrek and uh, they've released the cast list and it's a fantastic looking cast list, isn't it? It's big and beautiful, isn't it? There's a lot of of talented people on there. Yeah, so straight out of the bat, we've got Ian Dixon as Shrek, Mm. Jonathan Slight as Donkey, Dandy Dancox as Princess Fiona and Lorcan O'Mahony as uh, Lord Farquaad. That's yeah. going to be that's going that's going to be good, isn't it? Do we get managed to be on his knees for all that time? It's going to be a hard role, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. So yes, I hope he's got deep, good knees, or at least uh, he's got some decent knee pads. Anyway, <laughs> so talking of the DCU as well, next year is their 125th anniversary. Mm. So I know that they're they're planning lots and lots of events throughout the year and they've already shared a few already there's a big dinner coming up and they've also got a makeup challenge as well that looks really good which looks like it's going to be fun so but as as each of those events come up and and are advertised we'll we'll share them through our page so if you want to get involved then uh, you just need to get in touch with the dcu and yeah but also there's been a few changes actually since we we last spoke wasn't there center stage productions have, have changed the way that they're going, obviously, with the ongoing That's problems right. with... Yeah, so every time we announce shows, they change around, don't they? Um, <laughs> they seem not not yeah. Centre Stage, everyone, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Centre Stage have changed around the order of the shows they're doing. So next year, 2021, um, they're doing Annie. And then the year after, they're doing Kinky Boots. Right, OK. So, so, yeah. so initially, it was going to be Kinky Boots first, wasn't it? But I'm assuming that... Yeah. With the director no, being based well, in Ireland. Well, Annie was supposed to be this year. Well, yes, yes. yes. So it's gone back and forth. Um, so it's now in the right order. Yes. Um, but we just moved Just it a year later yeah. than originally advertised. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. One of my favourites, as you know. Annie. Yes. Yeah, love it. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to be auditioning? I think I will, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can see you with, with, with a bald head. Is that you reckon? Well, it's, it's going, it's going. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right then. So... Um, Shall we move on and shall we... Let's do it. Yeah, right then. Well, without any further ado, let's dim the house lights and lift the curtain on Act One and my interview with Perry O'Dea. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. I'm joined on the Manx Theatre Podcast today by Perry O'Dea, a Manx-born actor, singer, dancer, star of the West End and the UK theatre scene. So, Perry O'Dea, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Neil, mate. No problem. So how are we, how are we keeping, Perry? How's, how are we getting on? How's, how's lockdown been treating you? It's been all right, you know, actually. I mean, it's a lot longer than I thought. I didn't think Mary and Pod would have to put up with me for as long as I've been, and I've basically eaten them out of house and home <laughs> that they're not being used to. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been nice just actually stopping been forced to actually just you know not have to be in the in the uh, long tail race as we call it on the Isle of Man <laughs> can't say that word but uh, we were saying at the work I was doing in London 
in the uh, normal job or muggle job, as they say, we were talking the week before is, oh, don't you just sometimes wish that like life would pause and you can just chill and have that excuse not to do anything. And then it happened and we were like, maybe you shouldn't actually wish for what you want. And it was, yeah, but it's, it's been really nice to like, just be back home, see for Emily, see friends, see family. The weather's been great, have long walks and, I think obviously the Isle of Man's been so lucky that we've been in such a good situation that we've been able to open up and and we've had fantastic weather as well. Yeah, I mean you couldn't have asked for better weather, could you? Really? So yeah, I think slowly starting to open back up now in London. So we'll we'll see we'll see what the situation holds in front of us. But yeah, I've enjoyed it to be honest. What were you actually doing at the point of lockdown? Were you still in the show or were you between jobs at that point? So I was. Between jobs, I just finished a workshop at the Old Vic for um, a new version of an old musical. I can't actually, it's so weird, I can't actually say what the old musical was, but it was with Boobla and Schomburg, so it was one of their old ones, so you can have a look through their vocab. Um, but we were like sworn to secrecy, had to write, like sign a, like a waiver, the sheet music had to be given back at the end. But we would, I did that, and then I was waiting to start on... Um, Joseph at the Palladium mm-hmm. um, in July for the summer, but that's just been pulled back to next year. So that's on May next year. If it happens, if theatres are back up and running them, which they should do, hopefully. But um, I was working in two gyms at the time as well, just before Joseph started. So I was yeah, doing a lot, a lot of uh, hours, double shifts back and forth running across London to make ends meet in the big, big, uh, big smoke. You've been quite fortunate that you you've never really seemed to have been out of work for for a long period of time. Uh, no, I've been really lucky, but I always had the attitude where no matter how long that time is out of work, it needs to be filled with some sort of work. I, I don't like sitting around and waiting. So, and even when it's sometimes I've been in jobs, I like in Young Frankenstein, I still worked during the day in other jobs. Like I was back at college or work in front of house in a gym, just because I feel like I'm not good at sitting around waiting for work to start at six o'clock yeah I guess it, it can get too easy to get into that well work is sort of till 11 so yeah. you go out for a few drinks afterwards you don't get up till nearly midday absolutely yeah. and you can get yourself in a bit <laughs> and you have like a few hours early afternoon and then you're back in the town. yeah and then yeah I wouldn't want to end up be some people I mean some people love it some people love going yeah I've just watched six episodes of prison break today and I'm back at work but <laughs> keep busy and that's fair enough that's just yeah yeah I've always like that's just the kind of person you are. absolutely absolutely so musical theatre then it wasn't wasn't always on your horizon was it when you sort of first started out as a young man it was all about ballroom dancing wasn't it yeah I mean you were there for my first show and I was uh, back to the 80s and I was just a, a ballroom dance lad and I think Mary just saw that uh, the ops were advertising for some male dancers for the 80s and we went down and when the vocal score got pulled out we were like what is this what is happening here <laughs> um i mean I, I think luckily it was 80s music and i quite liked it yeah that we stayed but yeah it was um i was a boring dancer for years first and musical theater wasn't on the cards at all until i was about 13 14 yeah one of the biggest the, the funniest memories i have of, of back to the 80s is when you sat there with the book and you're looking at all the words for all the songs and there's so many people in the room going well that's what the words are that's that's really not what i've been thinking for the last few years. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll have to. Um, I'll have to dig out that photo. There's a photo rattling around somewhere of of us all on stage, and you do look about twelve. You're you're just a boy. With that long greasy hair, and yeah, looking like a mess. <laughs> Far too much gel. <laughs> <laughs> so then, once you once you joined, then for for back to the eighties, was uh, was that the bug? Then was that when the big the bug bit? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was it was just so much fun. I mean, it was. It was that age, I think, where as well, when you're a teenager on the Isle of Man, you can get either sucked into a hobby or you can get sucked into just chilling around the, the streets of Douglas and Onken, playing with mates. And especially on them cold winter nights, then yeah. there's not a lot to do. And yeah, I was like, I'd rather be down the ops doing that and having a laugh. I mean, the camaraderie and the how everyone is and the feeling around the ops. The rehearsals, it was great. It was so much fun. It was like an exciting every time to go down to do rehearsals. And I'd never experienced anything like it. And I think, yeah, you just, you either, I think, love it straight away or it's not for you. And I think luckily I, I loved it straight away down there. And I think you got your sort of first lead role only a couple of years later, didn't you? Yeah, I was I, I was really lucky. I did the understudy bit thing for when the 80s, we did it again, didn't we? Yeah. And um, Arthur couldn't do a date, so Callie did Artie's role and then I did David's role so I had that like understudy experience from them which was like you just don't get that with any other Amdram society in, no. in England or I mean you don't get a lot of what you can get on the Isle of Man Amdram wise talking to friends at drug school but mm. yeah and then I was lucky I did Disco Inferno and I was there uh, I think his name was Tom Tommy and that and Carly was the lead and yeah, that was another great experience. It was a wonderful wig, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had some embarrassing, embarrassing wigs on my, on my head, yeah. <laughs> so moving on from that then, what what was it that finally made you then make that move to, to drama school? It was the Guys and Dolls that happened on the island for Dick Ray, the summer season. So me and Sam did it and we were 16 and 15. I think you were meant to be like 16 and over, but... I think Owen Smith watched back to the 80s and liked us both, so said, get them in. And it was that thing of going, like, doing six weeks of a full show period of time. I was like, this is ace. Like, didn't get paid a penny, Mm. but the experience was amazing with the English lot and doing Owen Smith's choreography. And it was just a brilliant experience. And Owen said to my mum, listen, if he likes it, get him into England because he's going to end up getting a girlfriend, staying with her, and then stay on the island. And she was like, oh, all right, okay. Had a thought about it. And then I did an Easter school. I think mum was being very sensible and said, right, okay, well, if you enjoy it, go to England and do an Easter school and see what it's about. And I went to what said Easter school and loved it again. And yeah, I was just had my my mind set on it then from after that Easter school to go, this is what I want to do. This is, yeah, this is definitely for me. So did you stay on and do A-levels or did you go straight off to, to drama school then at 16? Uh, yeah, I went 16 to arts ed sixth form. So I did two A-levels there and like a diploma there. So for two years, it was basically like a B-tech or a foundation course to get yourself yeah. set up for degree courses. So I did that for two years before doing arts ed degree. So yeah, 16 I went. Right. So coming out of um, coming out of arts ed then, what was the, what was the first professional role that you got i left art said to do a chem rights evita tour right so that was in 
2013 now so Gosh. a few years ago getting old <laughs> yeah so i left i left art said to do um the uk tour of chemrite uh evita and loved it made some great friends like that's when you really learn about your craft and the business and how to be just learned so much in that job in that in them six months and that's when you get to learn your craft and oh yeah pace yourself over over eight shows a week like just how to behave as a professional, how to keep yourself from getting ill so you don't have going off and so much how to conduct yourself around people that you might not click with, but you're there, you're there like you're with them all the time on tour. So you need to know how to like get on with everyone. It was, it was really good experience. Really, really good. So over the years then you've, you've managed to get through quite a few big name shows as well, hasn't it? I've been lucky. I think, I think half of the thing is that I'm just easy going. Been lucky that I work, I've worked for a few production companies in more than one show. And I genuinely think they just think, ah, Perry, Perry will just do it. Yeah. It's, there's no fuss. There's no like drama. I come in, do my job, go home. Don't I? I've been off. I think two, three times in seven years because I, I think it's that. Well, I think it's that Manx thing that we've had with shows. Like wow. you just do it. You you love it. You do it. I, I mean, I remember in the op shows, people would be like, yeah, dying with like cold, flu, sore throats, things, taking everything, getting through, pushing through, and going. Oh, I've only got X, Y, and Z to do for this show, and I can get through it and go. Sarah Holland talk about when her appendix blew up on stage and she like like that attitude and that yeah. mentality, I think stays with you all your life. So yeah, I've, been, I've known people at the gaiety that have been stood in the wings with next to no voice and somehow have managed to go on stage and just give the most amazing performance and come back off and practically collapsed. Absolutely. And that happens. I don't think, I don't think that happens a lot in other places. There must be something in our water, yeah. Neil, but I think we, we are very like, driven people the manx i think because we feel like we've got a point to prove as well because we're a little island that we are we can't we're just as good so i've always had that like mentality of i'm not going off for any reason i'm not light-hearted with that um and i think that just stays with companies i think you go into an audition and for a production company that you've worked for and they go right well he's about to go up to newcastle to do a show for us and he's down here honest by actually coming to the audition we talked to the company manager. He's not been off at all. Comes in, does his job. That's I think that's half of the battle. So yeah, I think that's half of it for me. I've been lucky with that, just being laid back. Yeah, I, I tell you, a lot of people are great singer, dancer, and actors, but a lot of people aren't as uh, laid back and just get on with the job. And, and the fact that you're a great dancer and singer and actor as well probably helps as well. Absolutely, that's so true. Well, you know what they say? They say hard work beats talent when talent fails to work. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil King and Neil Callan. So um, obviously then fitness is, is a big thing for you then, obviously keeping yourself fit for the shows. And that's that's another of your passions, isn't it, with your on-set fitness company? Yeah, and um, do you know what I've always I've said? I was talking to George Wilds about this the other day, that if I didn't do theatre, I don't think I would be into fitness. It's just... The two have seemed to correlate and work together so well. Because yeah, I remember being at Art said they went, "You're going to get employed because of how good you are." Boys will get jobs if they look like men. Girls will get jobs if they look great. And coming out of my first job, I remember people would be like, "Oh, such and such has just booked this gig," and or such and such has just got this job, and they'd be like, "Well, they're not that good, so how have they got that?" Oh, but have you seen them? They look great, and you go. 
Well, if you can do all three and then look the way that they want to see you in that role, then that's that's so easy. Like, I I don't I'd I'd rather be in the shape that they want than be like not really in great shape. And they always go, oh, he's great, but he doesn't look quite right. I think it's a subconscious thing as well that if you look great or you look well and you look fit and healthy, that you look like you could do eight shows a week. You look disciplined. You look like you're not going to go out on the and yeah not turn up the next day hungover and stuff like that so yeah and I think the more my fitness has got involved in my life the better I've got with auditions like getting through rounds getting to finals booking jobs but I've I've definitely it's only been a byproduct because of theatre if I didn't do theatre I don't think I'd have done fitness really it's just another thing you've got to do yeah, and part of that as well is that whilst you've been home, you've set up uh, a Fit Steps London class. Yes, yeah, so when so Fit Steps, I will take back with me to London. But I was just yeah, um, set up here, trying it here to see how it goes, and it's gone really well. I mean, Emma's been yes every time. She loved it. She smashes it. She always keep an eye on her. She's got her spot down to the right of me, and yeah. <laughs> Absolutely smashing it. Great. So, yeah, so you've been lots of shows then over the years and, and you've actually worked with quite a lot of well-known faces as well, haven't you? I think, Yeah, I think, I was thinking this the other day, I don't think I've done a job without like a household name. Yeah. They are, there's always a household name in there. And you know what? Every single one of them is a genuine person. Every single, there's, I've never dealt with a diva. Yeah which is very lucky. Every single one of them have been an absolute gem. Yeah, because you had Ross Noble uh, in Frank, Young Frankenstein, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Ross was great. Ross is one of the nicest people I've ever met. So generous and, yeah, has a time for everyone. Uh, Leslie, the same. Barmy, mad as a box of frogs. Just, yeah, but a genuine person as well. As loves the business, loves doing what she does. Um they're, they're all great and they they all sometimes come out with stories and you go you actually forget what like life experience or things that have happened in their life and you go oh wow you're actually like big time sometimes and you go and you're just stood in the wings with me and I'm just like some random manx boy here <laughs> it's like yeah sometimes it's surreal <laughs> yeah because I remember Leslie Joseph as, as a kid being in Birds of a Feather on a, on a Sunday night yeah no she's great and there, there she is still on stage next to Perrier Day <laughs> So with uh, Young Frankenstein as well, you got to perform at the Olivier Awards. Yes, yeah, that was great. That was um, a very surreal experience, to be honest, because the Olivier's is such a prestigious event and uh, at the Albert's Hall as well. I mean, it's you see it on like the proms and stuff and it is a, such a spectacle of a, of a theatre. It, it's, it's beautiful. And then it was probably the most nerve-wracking experience because you were doing this dance, this tap number in front of basically everyone in the business at their a game and you've got like brian cranston andrew scott all these people in the in the audience just sat there like all right okay here's another musical coming on let's see what this one's about now and you're just like yeah it was great it was so good and it was yeah real special moment so with young frankenstein as well i believe you're on the original london cast record (laughs) yeah um it's weird when you say stuff like this it's like it's very weird um yeah, and it, it, what's weird is that uh, yeah, that it says like I'm I feel very very grateful that at some cast recordings they just say ensemble or such and such and the ensemble, but this one they've they were so nice and this is like just shows how amazing the company were, Fiery Angel that they specifically put us as individuals on the 
on the cast recording. So if you're on iTunes, it'll say like Perry O'D and Hadley Fraser and Nathan Elwick. And you just like, yeah, sometimes it'll come on shuffle and you're like, oh God, that's so weird seeing your name on this. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, yeah. I mean, getting that's like a, a tick off the, off the bucket list, getting on a cast recording. I mean, I used to be at Offset yeah. Library and they've got like a wall of CDs of shows and shows and shows and used to pick a CD, put it on and just listen. And you'd be like, oh, I'd love to be on one of these one day. And now it's happened. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so over the years then, what has been the favourite role that you've played? I know you've, you've done a lot of ensemble and, and a lot of cover work, but uh, what's the, what's the favourite one that you've played so far? So Yeah, like, like, like you've said, I've only ever been in the ensemble or cover. So I can only go from like, say what I've gone on for really. Um, I think it has to be Mickey in Blood Brothers. See, because I think Blood Brothers is such a like, there's a connection there with Stephen Palferman, Stan, who played it for years, and being the Manx lad. And I remember seeing Stan do it here and just watching it in St. Ninian's drama and going, that is amazing. That's something I'd love to do. And yeah, when I got to do it, I remember in Hull the first time going on, I got told half an hour before the show. It was just a whirlwind. Didn't really know what was happening on stage. It was just going with the flow. Half an hour's notice. Half an hour's notice, yeah. And the guy who was playing Mickey, Sean Jones, was in the building at the time. So he was, yeah, in the building. He was a bit quiet. And I didn't realise that he'd, like, just busted his ankle coming in of some some sort. And the company manager came up just before vocal warm-up and was like, so you're going on today? It's the first time, I know, but you'll be fine. You, you've done rehearsals. And I was like, okay, uh, can, I, can I get the script? All the words suddenly just went and, yeah, yeah it was an absolute whirlwind. Um, but it happened. So how much, how much rehearsal had you had? I had uh, enough. I was about, I think, a month, two months into the contract. So I'd had, like, runs of the show and stuff. Yeah, but I just don't think anything prepares you for the first ever time going on for anything. Any time I've covered the phone call or the when you get told that you're going on, the words always go out. Yeah, yeah. We had a conversation with Danny Becker last summer when he was over for Singing in the Rain. Oh yeah, and he was the the cover for Aladdin. Yeah, and he said that how you know sort of right yeah. at the back of the process they've had sort of the initial main rehearsals, then they had like a couple of weeks of understudy rehearsals and then that was it and he wasn't on for six months as Aladdin and just had to spend his entire time when he wasn't on stage just watching yeah. and remembering and, and just keeping himself fresh with it well, half an hour's notice though Ooh, yeah I just suppose though if you can go out and do it with half an hour's notice I suppose you can do it anytime really can't you it was um, yeah it was uh, an experience <laughs> and I think that's probably the best time as well I think if you got if I was told in the morning and then had about eight hours to fester over it. I'd have been a mess probably by warm up. Yeah. You'd have a chance to overthink it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just like, there's no time to think you just have to. So I was like, all right, okay, this is happening. It was, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm employed right now to, if this happens, happens, let's go. Let's just go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. The next question I've got is about what would be your dream role now? I think we can add to this a little bit as well, is that it could be any role. Take out age, ethnicity, body type, ultimate role that you would want to play. I, I, this, um, so usually 
when you when I've been asked this question, it's always been like on the spot, and I always go, oh, I've no idea, I've no idea. But because you sent me sent me this question, I, I really thought, and yeah. it, I think mine personally is Billy 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 Bigelow. If I could say the name, that would be a good start for the general. <laughs> Uh, in uh, Carousel, Billy and Carousel. I just think Carousel is an incredible score. The songs are amazing. And I think the story and the journey of what Billy goes through is just, it was revolutionary. It, the fact that your protagonist dies at the end of Act One yeah. and then his journey really actually starts in Act Two is, it was, uh, yeah. And I just think it's it's the most beautiful score. I think. It's yeah, it just holds. I don't know why, but this real like closest to my heart. So I think Billy Bigelow in uh, Carousel is is the one. If I could ever do it, it would be that show. Great. So what then was the part? Do you think that you were born to play? Now this is the part that is either Perry to a T, or is the one that you that feel that you could just step in and, and and just be that character now when you sent the question i thought that's such a good question because it's so i think when you said that it was it i think it's hard to say it without being like not arrogant but going like ah this is you know that step stereotypical thing of, this is my thing but i think it's clearly a javert i think you'll find <laughs> <laughs> so, like exactly i think it's a good question because it's like it's a bit like psychological the question I thought yeah. and I was like it's great and um, I think that I I'm perfect for like I tell you what this is the, I'm going with the part that when I was at drama school everyone said that I'd do it even to the fact to the point where the head of one of the uh, courses I won't say the name said you're perfect for this show you're perfect for this role and that's the only thing you will ever do. Right, I just leave a drama school thinking, oh, at least I might get one job, but that's the only <laughs> job I'll ever get. And it's Tony and Billy Elliot. All right. So Tony and Billy Elliot, every, every like the whole three years of drama school was, oh, you're going to be Tony, or you'll be a Billy Elliot. You're like a lad. You're northern. Yeah. Everyone said I was from Liverpool, even though we're not. I had to say I'm from the Isle of Man for three years, but they were like, oh, you sound sort of Geordie. I was like, no, we don't. <laughs> but anyway. And it was, yeah, it was always, oh, Tony, Billy Elliot, Tony, Billy Elliot. And what when I watched the show, I was like, actually, I sort of get where everyone's coming from. Yeah. It's a bit like rough, ready, like that. I think it's that, I think it's quite like that working class vibe that yeah. us Manxies have. That Like, we're, we're a bit brash. No airs of graphers, have we? Yeah. Yeah. And like, we, we're a bit hard. Not we're hard, but there's, there's something about where you come from and your environments and it's quite the same as the environment of the Durham mines of that, like, like the weather's bad all the time. It's gray. It's like windy. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful sunny summer's day. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's it. The, <laughs> the part that I was born to play is Tony and Billy Elliot. Great. If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Over the years then, with all the shows that you've done both on the island and professionally, um, I would imagine that there's been lots of costumes that you've had to wear. What would you say has been the best and or the worst costume that you've had to wear? I I think the worst has to be the Indian in the panto. (laughs) 
and Peter Pan, but dressed as a flamboyant Red Indian back in the day with my face painted in in like pride colours or bows and stuff. That was that was uh, fun sometimes. <laughs> And just had to take that stick from Artie. Is that worse than the loincloth from uh, from Phantom of the Opera? Oh yeah, the loincloth. That was a nightmare. That was yeah. <laughs> Apart from the, I don't know what the shoes were. Yeah, that loincloth as well. I'm sure the lady backstage had fun. There's been some bad costumes. I think I think there's been more bad costumes than good costumes. I so, I get a lot of costumes. Go, wow, this is bloody awful. Why am I doing this? So yeah, that's bad. What else has been bad? But obviously, we talked about the wig in Disco Inferno. That that was a look yeah. with them um, like baby blue trousers yeah. that went up to me nipples. It was a seventies Perry. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, another bad costume, old bamboo like costume as them um, like the uh, frassles and uh, maypole dancing outfit. Every time I put that on, I thought, "What am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm a fully grown man, maypole dancer. What's happening here?" <laughs> And in the best costume, I think it was Oklahoma dressed like a cowboy. I did used to feel dressed like a cowboy because yeah. we had proper like gun satchels and the, the proper trousers. And I don't know, it was pretty cool being like cowboys and Indians, but you were getting paid to do it. That was pretty cool. I think that's the best costume. There's been some good costumes that I've seen in some of the photos from, I think it was Young Frankenstein. You had sort of a real military one. and yeah. Yeah. But Motown, there must be some good ones in Motown as well, is there? Motown was good. Motown was mainly suits for me. Yeah. Yeah, I had some nice suits and tuxes. So Motown was good, the fact that uh, it was only scenes for me, only acting scene work. So I could just wear a nice suit and just, yeah. Enjoy it. Chill, enjoy it, yeah. Great. Well, now the next question then, this is the one that uh, tends to cause the most trouble for Certainly for the guys, when the guys are going yeah. through it. But um, this is our gender swap question. So which role would you most like to play of the opposite gender? Uh, so I thought about this one the most, and it would be The Spider-Woman in Kiss of the Spider-Woman. Ooh, right. Now, that's not a show that I've seen, so... But it's, she is just... She's badass. Yeah. She's like... She just comes on and does what she wants, sings great numbers messes it with everyone's head on stage and then goes back off doesn't have to deal with anyone she comes on does a thing steals the moment and walks back off every now and again on stage she's got it's a great part for a woman it's a great question i was thinking and um and an and you go oh actually sometimes i was like what role would you be and oh um, is it misogynist that i've never thought about this before <laughs> all this is, yeah yeah, I, we we have this kind of conversation with a lot of guys that you know everyone that I know they they go to a show and they go to watch it, but they also go Absolutely, to pick up the songs yeah. that they can yeah. sing, and they think yeah. that's a good song for me. That's a good song for me, and because of that, they never really tend to sort of pay too much attention yeah. to the to the female character. So then, when they actually go back and say, "Well, what about that one?" They go, yeah. "Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, I never really thought about that." Um, so I th- Sally Bowles as well. I thought I think that's a great. She's a great pass for a woman. But I think yeah, it's got to be the kiss the Spider Woman from Kiss the Spider Woman. I mean, the fact that she's just called the Spider Woman. Yeah, she's just yeah, she's badass. <laughs> well, at least didn't go cliche and go straight for Elphaba like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'll try and think a bit outside the box for once. Okay. Uh, oh, one other question that I like to ask, uh, certainly our, our younger people that come on to the, the podcast, and I'm, and I'm keeping you firmly in, in that category for now, Perry, anyway. That's the, the young one, a little yeah. bit, a little 13-year-old. Is what new show 
have you got sort of hammering around your phone, iPod, MP3 player, whatever? What new music are you listening to? So I've listened to The Prom. That's great. Mm. Real fun one. The Prom's great. Um, I've got a massive admission here. I still haven't listened to the whole of Hamilton yet. <gasps> still. Oh, I get I I don't know I don't know why I put it on listen and then so I'll do stuff I, I need to like sit down sit down sit down but I'm not listening to it like fully in its it must be like three or four songs I'm not listening to but you know like people can like reel it yeah. off word for word I listened to it a few times I'm just not and that. I never really kind of like you know I can I can appreciate that it's good but I just couldn't quite get into it and then a few weeks ago I watched it on Disney Plus and just yeah wow, it's yeah. just a whole different kettle of fish yeah. now. And then go back and listen to music again now, yeah. knowing it in context, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved In the Heights when that first, because that was Lin-Manuel's first one. And that I think it was either Avenue Q or In the Heights beat Wicked for the Tony for Best Musical. But I loved In the Heights when I first listened to that. I thought it was just genius and the Hispanic sound and the rapping. I was like, this is so cool. Mm. And then, I th- and that's due out as a film next year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think because of that, I've always been like in the in the heights camp, and I've always been a bit like I, maybe I don't want to listen to Hamilton because then I'll like it more than his first one. And yeah, I do I do need to listen to it. But the prom's been great to listen to, and that's about it really for now. Great. Okay, right. As we mentioned earlier, and we covered it also on our our last podcast, we've recently set up a Spotify playlist. And this is going to be our sort of ultimate musical theatre playlist. Neil and I have put forward 10 tracks of our own. These are songs that are songs from shows that we've been in and we've sung, or they're songs that have had an impact on us in some kind of way, whether we've seen the show or we've just listened to the music. And Emma, my wife, Emma Callan, on the last episode, she added in her own song and she added the overture from West Side Story because she... She just couldn't decide which one. She knew she wanted a song from West Side Story, but couldn't decide which one and just thought, hang on, proper good old school overture has clips of all of them. That is a choice. So that was her choice. So what would be your choice to add to our Spotify playlist? Now, I wanted to pick another Sondheim song. Um, I wanted to pick two Sondheim songs, but I'm going to go with Being Alive (sighs) because that was the first song that I listened to that was Sondheim's and it, it made me get Sondheim. Mm. Before that, I was a bit like, I remember people talk about it at the Ops and Sondheim and stuff. And I think I was a bit too young and a bit too like, I don't, I don't understand it. And then when I listened to that song, I was like, he is a genius. Mm. And then then got in the, I just think he is an absolute genius and probably the reason why there are people like Lin-Manuel to this day writing music like that and i think that one is a good starting point for anyone who hasn't listened to any Sondheim before and i think it's in his repertoire it's probably one of the easier ones to sing as well in comparison to some of his other songs yeah. where there's just far too many words for, for oh. the notes and bars to be fitted in yeah yeah absolutely so right then perry where where do we sit now then obviously we still don't really know how long lockdown is 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 gonna last do you have a show to go back to when things open up again or no it's just let's see what happens i mean i'm choreographing shrek for douglas choral which is um very exciting very scary and exciting but it's i think yeah you've got to do things that challenge you and when it the opportunity came up i was a bit reluctant at first i was a bit like oh this is 
choreographing the creative side when I thought, you know what, no, actually, there's I know what the Isle of Man people can do mm-hmm. and in a way and hopefully I can bring some experience back to that and yeah, it's I think it's actually a good opportunity to like push and see what I know what everyone is capable of. And then that's well, I'll just when everything opens up, go back to the gyms, work there and just wait for next year to see what happens with theatre. I mean stuff's happening. They've announced Jesus Christ Superstar to be on at the Regents. Uh, they're getting all cast members to do that. So I think theatre will start making an appearance again and we'll just, yeah, see what happens from there. Great. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll probably catch up with you again soon when we get a chance with yeah. to, to talk to the guys from the DCU and, yeah, and talk about Shrek in a, in a bit more detail. For now, Perry, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Neil. No problem. Catch you again soon. Cheers, Perry. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. And that was Neil Callan's chat with Perry O'D. Fantastic, great chat. It was, it was, it was a great, great chat. I mean, I've known Perry for quite a few years yeah. now, but to, to listen to some of the, the stories that he's talking about and how he hasn't done a show without a household name in it, and that's that's wow. amazing. You know, yeah. there's always been someone pretty high profile in there as well. And also, I was I was amazed that when he said that he's only had like two days off in seven years, he's, there's only two shows he's never made it on stage for. That, I mean, that's that's testament to to the good sort of working ethic of of a good Manx boy. Yeah, I tell you, he's doing well though, isn't he? He certainly great, is. Great stuff. Right. So, um, as we sit and record this evening, tonight is the second night of Calendar Girls yeah. at the Gaiety. Yeah. The reports I've heard today, it's it's been it's been yeah. a great show. I've just been... got one from the Interval saying it's fantastic. So, um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. It's going great. And we've also noticed as well that uh, this weekend uh, the service players are having some more open auditions for their production of Wind of the Willows, which will be on in November. So have a look at Facebook, pick up the service players page, and uh, if you're interested, then get in touch and and go along and have a read. Fantastic. Wind in the Willows was a a classic as a kid, do you remember? used to watch the programme. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That little animation. yeah. Yeah, that should be fun. Always remember Toad with a poo poo. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, do you know what? I think that's us now. That's isn't us it? for now, yeah. That's Good us episode. for this episode. So, with that, then, that brings episode 15 to a close. Remember to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote on a future episode, then you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manx theater podcast at gmail.com all that remains is for us to say thank you for listening and we hope you join us again next time on the manx theater podcast i've been neil callan and i've been neil king goodbye bye the manx theater podcast taking a look behind the scenes of manx theater man actors life for me